This episode of the Cinema Vention Podcast is brought to you by Rotting Wonk, RozJ001, Jack Wolf, and Wearmall 3. If you want to become one of the names listed, go support the show today at patreon.com slash wscottis1. Hi, I'm wscottis1, and I have not seen the movie Airplane. <gasps> Increasing his cultural IQ, one movie at a time. This is Cinemavention. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cinemavention podcast, where we review and discuss classic movies that I should have seen long ago. Today, we'll be discussing the movie Airplane, which my guest has seen before. He is the host of the Bod Squad and the Diamond Club Movie Party. Please welcome back Clyde Harvey, aka Poodle Puncher. How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? I'm doing pretty good myself, and um, I'm excited to talk about this movie because, uh, spoiler alert, I had a blast watching this movie, and uh, this was a fun movie, so I cannot wait to talk about it with you. Awesome. Um, Yeah. And so before we do that, though, as always, I like to go over the stats of the movie real quick before we get started. Uh, Airplane is available for rent or purchase on all major internet distributors via the internet or physical retail stores and is available to stream on HBO Max. Uh, Airplane was released by Paramount Pictures on July 2nd, 1980. The movie was directed by Jim Abrahams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker and stars Robert Hayes, Julia Hagarty, Leslie Nelson, Peter Graves, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and of course, Auto. You can't forget auto, right? <laughs> I love how uh, IMDb had uh, even had auto as its own <laughs> as, as as its own role in the credits, like in IMDb. Auto well, <laughs> did play a major role in the movie, so yeah, uh, no, he did as well. Yeah, that's fair. He did. <laughs> the movie had a budget of three point five million and made one hundred and seventy one million dollars in theaters. That that is really great uh, especially for 1980 that is phenomenal yeah uh did you do the math to figure out uh in with inflation oh i did yeah i, I forgot it's probably I didn't like do that. it's what like half a billion <laughs> <laughs> yeah something like that in today's economy probably <laughs> uh do you remember when you first saw this movie clyde um it would have been early 90s sometime middle school maybe mm-hmm yeah, yeah, it was probably on uh, VHS or something like that. Uh, it was something that that somebody said you have to watch this because they knew my sensibilities, mm-hmm. uh, my understand, my ability to understand comedy that was uh, not intended for my age group. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I, I I picked up on it pretty quick. Yeah, no, I that that is something uh, that I picked up on right away. It's like we were barely a few minutes into the film, and I already understood why you did why you wanted to uh, cover this movie so much because this yeah this film seemed right up your alley, and also like this this movie of course is way too good for movie party right but it oh yeah that's but, why we'll never watch it as part mm-hmm. of movie party right but it but it, but it did have that kind of movie party energy with it you know what i'm saying like we were laughing the whole time while we were watching yeah. this and see yeah this is a movie where you have to pay attention mm-hmm. because the jokes and the references come so quickly if somebody's talking, you'll miss, 
you'll miss it. Yeah. Um, if you look away, you will miss something in the background. Um, and so it's it, it you you have to pay attention. Yeah, you really do. And like all the jokes are like moving like so fast. It's like joke, 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 like one after the mm-hmm. other. Right. And so like, yeah, if you look away for like two seconds, you'll miss a joke and you're like, ah, damn. <laughs> But uh, you had put in the notes for this particular movie that this movie is essentially you described it as a shot for shot parody of the film Zero Hour. So exactly. So here's my question, though, is Airplane? uh, Well, so it's it's one giant parody of the movie. So do I even need to watch Zero Hour now? Yes. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Because you will understand you will get a better uh, appreciation for the movie um, Airplane. Because they're the script, they use the the script straight up from Zero Hour. Mm. Um, they used it primarily to set up visual jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, and every once in a while, they would change a line that you know just for uh for the sake of the humor. Um, but mm. I, a lot a lot of people think that. Airplane was a parody of the disaster movies of the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, you know, a, a year or so before there was a movie called Airport. Oh, about a plane. You know, uh, a disa- it was a disaster movie, and everybody always said it was a parody of that, but it's not. Hmm. Um, yeah, it it's it, it is such a straight up. A parody of Zero Hour that the studio bought the rights to the movie Zero Hour just to eliminate the possibility of getting sued. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you would have to if you're literally reusing the script like that. Yeah, I mean. And if I remember right, there's at least one person in Airplane that is playing the same role and character that he played in Zero Oh, no way. Um, But I I don't remember. I I forgot to go look that up. Oh, right. I I don't know if it was Peter Graves or one of one of those guys. But yeah, yeah. Well, that yeah, but that's incredible. So like so if I'm understanding it correctly, it sounds like they basically took the original script and just add a bunch of added a bunch of jokes into it. Yeah. Basically, hmm. and and we'll and we'll, I, I assume as uh, we get go into this movie, uh, there there will be some chances to point out mm-hmm. uh, the similarities. So. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah, and well, and and since I haven't seen Zero Hour, you'll have to uh, mm-hmm. you'll have to point oh, those absolutely. out for me. But um, but yeah, I mean, now I kind of feel like um, we'll we'll have to revisit Zero Hour zero hour at a later date. So, uh, so that might be a future movie we'll cover on this show. Um, what first things first, I definitely feel like I had seen this Ted striker guy before and I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Um, but it it wasn't until afterwards that I realized that he basically kind of looks like a Walmart Tucker Carlson, doesn't he? Like he looks exactly like him. Or would you say Tucker Carlson looks like a Walmart Ted striker? Oh, Actually, though, I mean, I mean, hey, some people would uh, would prefer it the other way around, like you just described. So, I mean, hey, <laughs> but I mean, yeah, Ted Stryker was played by Robert Hayes and he's been in a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, I stuff that you probably would have seen would have been like Homeward Bound or, uh, he, you know, he's in he's in 
Sharknado. He's in he's in all kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you've definitely seen him in something. Yeah, and like another movie. Yeah, okay. Um, it's very strange too that this movie came out. So this movie obviously came out in 1980, and mm-hmm. and it. And I'm sure at the time this movie gets every airport and plane trope correct correctly with like, you know, some minor inconsistencies for comedic effect. But there's one thing that wasn't portrayed correctly that obviously they couldn't have possibly gotten right back then. And that is security at the airport, because this was way before 9-11. But uh, I, I wouldn't say they didn't get it right. They got it right. Uh, oh, yeah. You sure. know, uh, September 10th. 2001 we still just you could walk to the gate mm-hmm. you could you know you didn't even have to have a flight oh yeah uh, for sure. the secu- that that security was exactly the same wow um, yeah you know yeah, yeah uh, that's that's crazy so uh you know you're 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 basing bad legislation um in mm-hmm. uh, the, uh <laughs> from as a result of 2001 as a criticism of this movie. Oh, no, no, no. It it, to be clear. Yeah, no, it's I'm, it's not a criticism necessarily of the movie. I'm just pointing yeah. it out because of the fact that it's like it feels weird watching but, this knowing that that wasn't accounted for. You but know? they did. And they even called out the security in the movie mm-hmm. in the fact that um, when because at the time there were a lot of plane hijackings. In the 70s and 80s, uh, uh, there there were several plane hijackings to the point where in this movie, uh, and that was what necessitated the metal detector. I would say in 1980, that metal detector was new. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, you used to just walk right out on the runway. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it to the point to that point in the movie. They put up the metal detectors so the people couldn't carry their bombs through security anymore, which is why they had that uh, they had that kiosk where you could buy you could buy a a, a, a bomb to carry onto the plane. <laughs> oh, I didn't even notice that. Wow, that's yeah. <laughs> wow. it was uh, there was it was at the like the convenience counter where they had a bunch of stuff and they had oh, they had like dynamite wow. with a clock like. Oh, I didn't and, even and notice the dude that. buys one. Yeah, that that's what that that was a reference oh. to the to the terrorist bombings of the air yeah. uh, airlines at that time. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah, uh, th- that's interesting that you say. Yeah, because the metal detector thing, like, yeah, because it because it looks old in comparison to our modern airport security. But yeah, but if it was new at the time, then and, and the yeah. and the the thing that really makes that funny is the fact that you know bundled dynamite wouldn't set off a metal detector so <laughs> they wouldn't need to buy it but you know you can buy you can buy your bomb at the airport it's, yeah it's yeah. much more convenient than trying to put it together at home right yeah true more expensive though because airport stuff is well, always everything's more, expensive. more expensive at the yeah. airport. <laughs> exactly and you mentioned it about the about just people just walking onto the tarmac of the airport which Obviously, it does not happen anymore. Um, oh, it does. Just not at the international airports. Ah, uh, okay, fair enough. But um, but I love how um, but I love how on that airport, it's like you have that couple that said goodbye to each other, and I love how the plane engine is starting up, like they're getting ready to go, and the plane's even moving. By the way, and the door is well, you know, not closed. <laughs> <laughs> it's like. 
that, that that certainly that couldn't have happened back then. Could it have? Well, that was the that was the point. That right. It, yeah. That it was pulling away and the, the door was still open. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, and also you've got the uh, you've got that kid that gets to go up in into the front of the plane, which is also yep. not allowed anymore. Thanks to 9-11. Yep. Like these damn terrorists have to ruin everything, man. I mean, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous. So See, actually, I will say mm-hmm. um, the the kid going into the cockpit. Uh, sets up one of the first uh, direct because uh, correlations with zero hour because oh. that happened in zero hour. Yeah. And if you remember the line where he says, Hey, hey, Billy, have you ever seen a grown man naked? Mm, um, mm-hmm. That line was straight out of zero hour, but they changed the end to the grown man naked. Um, mm. But that, that entire uh, scene was straight out of out of the other movie uh, with just that one line changed. And that's why she ushered him out. But yeah, I can, I can actually see why I, I could see that actually. Cause yeah, that, that would make sense for like a, for that kind of movie at that time to include that scene. So, so yeah, but yeah, no, the, have you ever seen a grown man naked? It's like, it's one of the most non sequitur lines ever. It's like, but like- it's also <laughs> one of the most quoted lines. Oh yeah. It's one of the most quoted lines uh from this movie. I I hear people I still hear people bring that up just out of nowhere. <laughs> uh we were getting ready for the VOD squad a couple weeks ago and and Jimmy Jimmy uh rattles it off. Um so yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's part of our lexicon. Oh, that's amazing. So the religious panhandling going on at the airport also doesn't really go on anymore in airports. Well, okay. So you for that, you have to understand, uh, you have to have an understanding of who they were. Those were the Hari, that was a parody of the Hari Krishnas, which were basically white hippies that uh, embraced uh, like Eastern mysticism. And the part of their, part of that was they they would have to shave their head and then they would go out and try to spread the you know love kindness collect money you know Mm -hmm. whatever it was and that was that was popular there uh, but that was kind of dying off at that point that was kind of a remnant of the late 60s oh so Um, they just changed it to uh have you donated to the church basically i mean they they it what what they did uh the movie portrayed was pretty much a uh straight up uh representation of the Hare Krishnas from that time but oh, like okay. i said you you don't see them now uh specifically but yeah at the time they were still very popular oh interesting okay yeah so so yeah, so they never had uh, they never had um, somebody um, begging for money from the Church of Religious Consciousness there in the, when you were in the yeah, airport. They just changed the name. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, but yes, <laughs> it, it, it could have been one of many many groups. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, as an amalgamation. Yeah, in this yeah. Movie. I also love how that you know, it's like the one office worker to get away from it. He's like. I gave it the office and he's like, and I'm like, bullshit. No, you did it. <laughs> hey, you got to say what you got to say to get past those. People. True. True. But also captain Kramer, um, kicks some, uh, kicks some ass with those people, uh, later on in the film, like where he's trying to like, 
it's almost like he's he's trying to get out get to the danger and to get to the danger he's got a ninja stomp all these <laughs> panhandlers that was that was an incredible scene i loved that that was yeah, fun. it's, so it's a moment where the writers got to uh work through their actual frustrations mm-hmm. right so this uh so the main story arc I would basically say is, you know, talking about Ted and Elaine's love story and, and it, and they, and they talk about how they met in this like tough building. And it's like, it kind of reminded me a little of salty, salty spittoon uh, from SpongeBob. Any SpongeBob fans in the house? Anybody? Well, that that's where that would be most likely where SpongeBob got the idea. You know, it's kind yeah. of a parody of a lot of Western, uh, you know, rough Western bars. Right. Uh, yeah. This this was the point when those uh, those Girl Scouts come in raising hell, right? Right. And then yeah. one of them gets thrown. Yeah, one of them gets thrown down the bar. Um, that and that's straight out of most westerns. Uh, it's a trope. yeah. Um, yeah, I seem to I seem to remember that. I, was was there a scene like that in McClintock? I feel like there was, right? Yeah, uh, and she, yeah, there was, there was a scene, um, and the dude goes through the wall. Yeah, um, and I know the, and I know there was a scene like that in uh, Back to the Future Part Three as well, which is, you yep. know, which yep, is also because it was that was a parody of of Western the as well, genre. right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, those Girl Scouts fighting, um, I, I, that was my favorite part too, where where she just gets flung across the bar. But the other moment that was really funny is like they they like they're fighting and they're fighting over this table where these two people are sitting. And then she just like body slams like it's WWE or something and just smashes the table. And then the patrons don't even seem to care. They're just still like enjoying their food or what have you. Don't even notice it. Because in that bar, that's just that's that's just what happens. Yeah, that's a normal Tuesday night. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, but yeah, but she, like you said, she uh, the, the, one of the Girl Scouts gets thrown across the bar and then smashes right into the jukebox to which it starts playing Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. But mm-hmm. what was weird about that, though, is that the song felt a little off to me, like because the pitch on it was like higher than it normally was. Like, I don't think so. Was it? OK, yeah. because because when I listened back to it in my uh, in my music player, it, it it's definitely a lower pitch than that, which oh, which is weird. May, they may have sped it up to get it into the time that they needed to get through that refrain. Yeah, but, yeah, where yeah, yeah it was it know. one of those things where they maybe like just but, slightly... but it, it's it's hard to say because the Bee Gees were were well known for the super high voice. All right, falsetto, so. Um, mm-hmm. yeah that's true yeah but like yeah maybe yeah maybe it was one of those situations where they just ever so slightly increased the speed and mm-hmm. it and it messed up with the pitch of it maybe just a slight bit yeah i didn't even yeah i didn't even consider that um <laughs> but i love that particular it's like you you've got ted um like everything that ted throws in that flashback is not only a boomerang like mm-hmm. including his hat and coat, but they included these like cartoonish sound effects <laughs> with <Yep>. it too. <laughs> See, and that so the genius of the Zucker brothers mm-hmm. is that um because uh, is that they don't want the actors to know it's a comedy. Mm. Because 
because stuff is funny or is most stuff is funnier when the actors play it straight. Mm-hmm. So they're acting in this movie as if they're remaking zero hour, right? Mm-hmm. Everything has to be delivered seriously. Um, and then, so for that funny stuff like that, then it helps because since, uh, so at that point when he throws his jacket, they're doing a parody of the movie Saturday night fever. That's oh, straight out of that mm-hmm. movie, which is why it's funny when the thing comes back. Cause John Travolta throws his coat, right? But in this one, he throws his coat and then somebody throws it back at him. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, uh, a, a lot of times the, those audio cues are there just to add a little extra since the movie is so serious. Yeah. It yeah. just kind of break helps break that tension and tell you, yes, this is supposed to be funny. Right. Yeah. Because yes, you are supposed <laughs> to laugh here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause yeah. Cause uh, yeah, the cartoon sound effects definitely helped because, yeah. <laughs> cause yeah. Cause I was laughing with that when the, when those were happening. But then, and then we get some classic white people dancing from Ted. They're out on the dance floor. Like, um, also the 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 stage somehow had smoke on it too, even though it's like this rundown bar. Like they have a- well, and again, that was <laughs> that was the direct parody of that dance scene in mm-hmm. Saturday Night Fever. So right. they're doing the disco because uh, uh, people people always attribute disco with the seventies, but actually disco was at its height in 1980. Disco didn't come around until late 76, 77. Right. Mm. So it was actually a thing of the eighties. So that movie, uh, was, had only been out for maybe a year. So it was a brand new movie. Right. That, and so it was right in everybody's consciousness. So, uh, that dance everybody recognized. They're like, oh, I remember that scene. I think it's even on the cover. If you look up Saturday Night Fever, mm-hmm. that is the scene that's on the cover. Um, but yeah, yeah. Well, and so so we have that um going on, and then there's another flashback where they're where they're just running on the beach almost I, I described it as Baywatch style, but then again, Baywatch didn't come out until <laughs> after this movie. So <laughs> uh, it's that scene. I, I I don't remember the exact movie. I want to say it was uh, Return to Eden, mm. but it it that that scene is out of another movie, and um, I don't remember if it's actually part of the, one of the flashbacks in Zero Hour. Uh, or not, because I haven't seen Zero Hour in like twenty some years. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it I, I that whole beach scene is a direct uh, reference to another movie, mm-hmm. which is why when they're rolling around and then the surf comes in and completely drowns them, right? And that it, and that, then all that the was the point too, right? <laughs> that was the point where they say, "Okay, you remember this scene? Well, we just took it like." Uh, a couple steps further. Yeah, um, yeah, with the seaweed, and then, and then also Ted is basically telling Elaine like he's got a he's got a mission coming up, and describes the whole plan as like how the mission is supposed to execute it, like how it's supposed to pl- go down, and then he mentions how it's classified. Like it, it was right on cue yeah. in the watch party. I was like, isn't this information classified? And then like, two yeah, seconds but what later, I mean, what? It's not like she's gonna hop on Twitter and. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it, or it's not like she's going to go on social media or live TV 
and pull a Biden and <laughs> uh, uh, completely explain an ongoing secret mission that's currently happening. Uh, yeah. <laughs> look that up. It actually happened. Um, mm. But yeah, no, I mean, people, people, uh, people always told their wives or their, you know, uh, special people what was going on. Mm, okay. You know, cause it's not like, I mean, yeah. who are they going to tell? Yeah, true. Yeah. Cause yeah, I guess with social media, it makes it a because lot Because if harder. I don't come back, I, I want you to at least know, understand why. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, true. I just thought it was funny that it's like he went but, through but all it, of that information yeah. and then said, oh, by the way, it's classified. <laughs> but that right there, but that right there was the joke as well. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, it, 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 and, I, and I also love how it's like it was like I said, it was perfectly on cue. I was like, isn't that information classified? And then literally two seconds later, he mentions yeah. how it was classified. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, well, I called that one. <laughs> yeah. So the Peace Corps scene, uh, they you they they show them uh, something called what they call supperware. You know, instead of Tupperware, I guess that was, mm-hmm. I guess because the Tupperware people, they couldn't get the license to. Well, I mean, it, it's just, it's just easier because Tupperware was a thing that was very popular at the time. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to uh, call it by its original name. People yeah. are familiar with what it is. So they will just. Yeah. They on. just didn't want to pay the licensing fee for it. Well, <laughs> there's no reason. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah, but uh, but it's during this point that he develops his drinking problem, you know, mm-hmm. an actual drinking problem where yep. he miss. He, and by the way, this is a recurring this is a recurring joke throughout the film where he where the cup every time he tries to take a drink he misses his mouth completely. That, that's that's because he's got a drinking problem, right? That's the problem. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. And, and and it's like not only like that seems to be a, a theme, by the way, too, where where is. where they're taking phrases at literal value rather than a figure yeah, exactly. of speech. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like I love the scene where like uh, where they said like, oh, the pilots have all these instruments. There's no way they can mess this up. And then it cuts to them just having a jam session with like a saxophone and some other instruments. Oh, that's that's because they said, oh, by the way, we'll be on instruments Mm -hmm. Uh, so what that was is so if you understand flight terminology that's when you don't have visualization you don't have visuals Mm -hmm. and you have to fly specifically by the instruments so Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, so when they say uh, and and we'll be on instruments and then you cut back and they're all on instruments (laughs) yeah right the instruments you were expecting so that's also another line that's straight out of uh, out of zero hour. zero hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but you have the pilots literally on instruments to the press, literally taking pictures, like stealing them from air traffic control, essentially to yep. a to a literal shit hitting, like a literal piece of shit hitting the fan where they're like shits mm-hmm. hitting the fan, right? Yep. And then one of my favorite, I was just like, why was when Captain Captain Kramer's calling for every light on the runway to be uh, for? Well, yeah, he's calling for every light on the runway to which a big dump truck of lamps gets dropped and shattered on the runway. So and again, (laughs) this is because they use the dialogue from the zero hour Mm -hmm. script. Yeah. And then found a funny way to represent what was 
said. So mm-hmm. in the original movie, they, they said we want all every light on the runway and they lit up the runway. Right. Well, it's right. funny if you just take a, you just dump a whole truck full of lights. Right. Yeah. I mean, he did say he wanted every light on the runway. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> you should have been more clear. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Speaking of air traffic control, apparently Steve Magorski decided to quit smoking, drinking, FNFenamines, I can never say that word, mm-hmm. and sniffing glue all in the same week. Like, and anyone mm-hmm. that knows, um, <laughs> you know, quitting any one of those things is hard, but quitting all four in the same week, like, not the best strategy, dude. <laughs> and and that would be a reference to the trope of, I, you know, the person I, I never, I, of course, today, the day I just quit smoking, right. um, you know, it's been around forever. Uh, <laughs> so then they just they they took that trope and then they went <laughs> times 100. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. With four things. And it's like all throughout. It's like it's like they weren't all in the same like beat, too. It was like smoking. And then like 15 minutes later, it was drinking. <laughs> mm-hmm. I. I I just I hate that Johnny guy from air traffic control. Like I hate how he's just not that helpful. Like I get that's the point of the movie, but I just I got so annoyed with his he, You know, it's a that is a parody of or a caricature of another character, but um the very uh effeminate uh just kind of in the way person. Mhm. Uh I can't think I can't think of the name of the per, uh but yeah. That but that's kind of there. That he's he's the chaos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he, absolutely. And that that's that's the whole purpose. And also like and also kind of like like every every word that comes out of his mouth is actively not helping the situation. But that's and that's also the point. Yeah. That because he is literally the chaos introduced and he, uh, oh he uh uh what's the I can't think of uh so there there's a, a one I want to say one of Shakespeare's plays but there's a character that their whole point their whole the whole point of there is to be able to say the stuff that the main characters aren't saying mm. or to uh just kind of add context or and uh it he's a uh, uh kind of that mhm yeah so uh, one one of my other favorite moments, and this is the only time this happens, is at the very beginning of the movie. Um, Elaine walks away from Ted, and then Tad just or Ted just casually breaks the fourth wall and just looks at the camera and, and like addresses the audience. He's like, "Oh, what a pisser!" <laughs> it's the only time anyone has ever broken the fourth wall in this movie, but it was <laughs> it was for that line, you know. <laughs> It's it was actually amazing. So obviously, so we're going to talk about some of the jokes here. Obviously, okay. we can't we can't possibly cover each and every one of them because uh, yeah. for one, um, there's probably some that I even missed in my first viewing, because that's one thing about this movie that I was told is that you kind of have to watch it uh, several times in order to like like you'll you'll see a new joke that you missed the first time a lot of the time. Um, however, I did find, uh, sort of like a, a, a kind of like a medium post where someone took the time to not only list out all the jokes, but to rank them from worst to best. I highly suggest you check out the link that we're going to put in the show notes. 
And uh, yeah, so if you want a complete list, it's there. But um, but I, but we're going to cover some of the highlights. Uh, of course, at the very, very beginning um, of the movie, um, the Jaws theme is playing, which makes sense because Jaws was kind of like the big film of the 70s. And, um, and I love that they made the airplane look like a shark fin. <laughs> that was that was that was crazy. Um, this line in particular isn't really a joke, but it's more um, talking about um, the white zone is for immediate loading and unloading of passengers only. Um, and I don't know. I don't really hear that in. I haven't really heard that in any airport that I've been. Like, has that depends? Kind of- yeah, I mean, it it still happens. Uh, mm-hmm. The it, it not every airport, but you got to remember they didn't have police actively patrolling and telling cars you need to move along like mm. like they do now. Um, so most places it's not necessary because. Clearly, you can't park there if the guy with the gun is telling you to right. keep on moving. Um, but I mean, you you still hear it. Uh, it's at some airports, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, well, because it, it, it devolves into them, like oh, like re- well, because they're repeating it over and over again. It's a male and a female. Like they mm-hmm. keep repeating it over and over again, and then they just get into a fight on the intercom. Yep. <laughs> And he, and I love how he also mentions how she should just have an abortion. Yeah, and I'm and I'm just like, oof, that joke kind of stings a little extra in this climate we're living in now, you know? Like, <laughs> but uh, but the reason I bring up this whole like the white zone is for immediate loading line is that um, and we talked about this in the final destination episode, but this is actually um a a sound segment in the Jackbox game Earwax. And it's one of the sounds that goes into the rotation that you can use in the game. And like, that was the first time I had ever heard someone that, you know, phrase in anything it wasn't even in these, in these two movies in final destination. And in this one, um, mm. and yeah, no, I had never heard that line before. So that's, that's crazy. That's interesting. Cause yeah. Cause I'm sure that was, yeah, that was a product of its time. It sounds like, so yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So <laughs> the pilot is taking a call from the Mayo Clinic, which, by the way, inside the Mayo Clinic, they have this random heart that's beating and just sort of bouncing around the desk. <laughs> that was actual stock footage from the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, right. <laughs> but then the pilot gets another call on the other line. And um, there, are, there's two jokes that happen with that one. The first one is like the woman on the intercom is telling him about the other call. And he's just like, he's like, he's already got, he, he he tells her, I've already got the phone, like, as if she can hear him. <laughs> the second one, he was, what, that was, this is personally my favorite. Give me five and hold the mayo. Like, he's, it sounds like he's a restaurant order and not a phone line request. <laughs> that was amazing. I, so... Did this happen in airports uh, back in the day? Because I'm pretty sure this is a privacy violation to just walk up to the ca- the front desk and for the, um and for the flight attendant or or the desk worker or whatever um to tell the uh, to tell just this random stranger the flight that a random flight attendant is on like I I like that doesn't seem like that can happen like that like um, it it 
yeah, I mean, if you if you walk if you walked up to the uh to the Delta desk and you knew the name of one of the flight attendants, you mm-hmm. could probably still get that information now. Um mm. but yeah, I mean, that's that's no different than calling the front desk at any business and saying, "Hey, can I talk to uh so and so?" They're mm. like, okay, "Okay, yeah, let, let me see." Uh but yeah. I, okay. But I, I would say it was it was much easier and much more common then. Oh yeah, of course, absolutely. Um, <laughs> but also it's like when he gets the ticket, she, um, she asks for a smoking or non-smoking one. Again, this is one of those um literal jokes where she asks him for a smoking or non-smoking one, and he asks for a smoking one, not not on the plane because he didn't even he doesn't even sit in the smoking section. But he was asking for a, a, a smoke, a definitely smoking, a smoking ticket. ticket. <laughs> yeah. And they, but that was, the, and that was the joke and the fact that they hand him a ticket that's smoking. Right. And it's still smoking like uh, when he gets on the plane. Like, yeah. I mean, I guess it's, <laughs> it's a smoking ticket. Yeah. They've got, they've got some good, uh, they got some good fog machines, I guess. <laughs> so. One of the things that I was just, uh, yeah, th- th- this one was kind of just like, what? <laughs> they were putting up subtitles on those black passengers to translate their jive speak that they were saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, that was, that was just, that was great. That was but great. That, uh, that was the joke is because that, yeah, uh, those in the, the theater that weren't hip, mm-hmm. uh, needed to know. What oh, they yeah, were. no. They, I mean, it's no yeah. different, no different than, uh, I'm I'm watching Pennyworth right now, and mm. one of the characters is from Scotland. And half the time when he's speaking, they throw up, uh, yeah, un- unironically throw up subtitles. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. and you know he's still speaking English, just with a really oh right, uh, like, yeah. Well, yeah, but that, yeah. In that in that case, that was just kind of uh, shining the light on the funny moment. Oh yeah, well, and and that was absolutely a white people translator. Like that was absolutely what those subtitles mm-hmm. were for. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, yeah, uh, but, uh, lies the joke. Yeah, but uh, but there there are a lot of pilot jokes in there from the mm-hmm. pilots having their names be the same as their sort of you know pilot language that they're having with air traffic control. Um, to the fact that Kareem Abdul Jabbar, he's he's playing the co-pilot Roger while also kind of playing himself at the same time uh, mm-hmm. because he's talking to that kid and the kid recognizes him as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar which if I'm not mistaken this he was like in his like he was like he was in basketball like this was at his peak yeah. probably uh, 1980 right? was the year that Magic Johnson joined the Lakers mm-hmm. uh, so this what he they would have filmed this the se- season before yeah. And yeah, Kareem Abdul Jabbar Wabbit will probably correct me, but uh was stayed with the Lakers until he retired in eighty five, maybe mm. eighty seven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he was he was still the uh still leading the Lakers. But that was therein lies the joke with him when mm-hmm. he gets sick and they drag him out. Mm-hmm. Did you notice he was wearing his yeah. his gold Lakers basketball shorts? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I noticed that he was wearing yeah. his basketball gear um, <laughs> and you see it when they mm-hmm. drag him out. You see, he's got his shoes and the shorts. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I guess he technically did play as himself in this, uh, in, mm-hmm. in this world too, while also playing the, another character, which is 
I've never seen that well, happen before. Well, but the thing is, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, Roger could just be a nickname. Yeah, yeah, his secret identity. It's like, oh yeah, I'm a co-pilot on on the weekends. <laughs> they just they just call him Roger. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We mentioned it before the uh, non sequitur questions about have you seen a grown man naked? But then there's mm-hmm. another one. He's like, if he he asked the kid if he's ever been in a Turkish prison. <laughs> yep. Is that it, what's that a reference to? Because I didn't get the reference uh, on that one. The prisons in Turkey. Oh, was there no reference? Horrible. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I could go into detail there about it. We, we oh, okay. Fair we'll enough. move on. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> but, uh, but Ted, uh, as I mentioned, keeps telling his story to random passengers on the plane. Mm-hmm. And it's so boring that they are bored to, they are bored to death. No, literally mm-hmm. like a lady hangs herself, but then, mm-hmm. but then apparently her body was just dragged out at one point and wasn't even, that wasn't even shown. And if I'm not mistaken, is it like I think she returns later on in the movie, um, doing lines of cocaine on the plane. Like, is that was that the same Possibly. character or was that I I don't I don't know I did yeah I don't it, it looked like the same character to me. But but you have a lady hanging herself. You got a military guy trying to stab himself, and a guy mm-hmm. who pours gasoline on himself and is about to light himself on fire, but then does it um, <laughs> puts out the match. But apparently the match was still hot enough that he explodes and dies anyway. So yep. <laughs> also, apparently that was uh, later on. There, there was apparently just some random gas, um, like um, gasoline outside the air traffic control. Because the same thing happened again when Captain, Captain Kramer throws his cigarette out the window. And, and McCorsky is even ready for it, too. Like he like he's ready for it to happen. Right. <laughs> it's like, who put the gasoline out there? <laughs> M- McCorsky probably did. <laughs> yeah it's like that's that's a hazard <laughs> but uh but uh um leslie uh leslie nelson uh dr um dr rummick has a few jokes in there um you know when he's first introduced um it's like the flight attendant is asking if a doctor is on board and he and, and it cuts to him like with the stethoscope on and i'm like hmm i don't know it's like maybe the stethoscope gave it away that he's a doctor it's like what made you think he was a doctor huh (laughs) to the moment yeah yeah, to the moment you were mentioning earlier like they're just casually dragging bodies through the aisle as um elaine is um talking over the intercom to the passengers (laughs) the uh the don't call me shirley line like that is a classic line it's like stop calling me shirley um yeah and uh and the fact that his uh, his nose becomes Pinocchio as he's lying to the passengers about the conditions, <laughs> mm-hmm. unbelievable! I, See, and all I uh, I'm pretty sure every all of his lines were straight out of Zero Hour, mm-hmm. uh, uh, word for word. Uh, uh, obviously, minus the "Don't call me Shirley." Uh, yeah, but it, it's worth noting that um, he. Up until this point, Leslie Nielsen was a serious actor. He wasn't. He did not do comedy, and mm. that's part of the reason he was cast is because he needed. They needed his character, you know, to play it straight. Yeah, which is why it's so funny. Yeah. This movie is what launched his slapstick, funny guy career of the eighties. Yeah, in like the Loaded Weapon, and you know. Uh, all the all those movies which were terrible because 
he was playing it to be funny and not serious like like yeah. the Zucker brothers made him do. Yeah, but. well, and that was uh that was something that uh people were mentioning, like, yeah, this was before his sort of comedic film phase almost. Like, I mean, was he kind of- was he was in the police squad mm. uh, show, which Naked Gun was a parody of or a continuation of the police squad show, but I don't remember when the police squad aired, if it was before or after uh after this yeah yeah but but uh but yeah of course during a plane disaster you always want to the natural choice for in-flight entertainment would be a plane crashing right (laughs) it's like poorly timed in-flight entertainment man (laughs) but uh also when the emergency vehicles are coming are arriving on the scene did anyone else catch that there was a Budweiser truck in the mix of the entourage of emergency vehicles? Yeah. <laughs> and there was also a sparklets truck, which, uh, mm. which was a nod to Southern California people. Sparklets was the water delivery company. Oh, uh, they have the green shiny. Uh, but that is also, that is a scene shot for shot out of zero hour. Mm-hmm. So what they did was they just threw in random vehicles instead of the emergency vehicles in the original movie yeah well they included Um, the emergency vehicles and they had a couple but then they had everything else yeah (laughs) yeah right right i mean they had the they had the important stuff they had bottled water and beer and beer right yeah (laughs) everyone needs beer after a natural disaster or an emergency landing yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh Ted sweats during that landing sequence about as much as i sweat during a hot summer day with no air conditioning like I, yeah, it's it's kind of ridiculous. I want to see a doctor, dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm 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 obviously exaggerating up slightly, but it certainly feels like it some sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but I uh, the, the, when it when it eventually does come in for a crash landing, it's like they can't get the plane to stop because he like yanks out the the red um le- lever that's supposed to you know park it. And I think, and I think it, I think it, I, I counted like 20 gates it goes past and they keep saying like now landing in gate 10, 11, 12, 13, <laughs> it just keeps counting up to, cause it keeps missing its gate. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but also despite that crash landing though, um, auto, the autopilot is somehow able to get the plane back in the air. Like there's no problem at all at the very end. Like, oh yeah. When he, when he takes back off. Yeah, I'm just like, how? <laughs> um, See, that's why Otto dessert. That's why Otto got his credit. Yeah, no, he did. I yeah. To be fair, yeah. Um, I can't remember if this was um, I can't remember if this was the sick kid or if this was someone else. But at the very end, they 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 go through all of this turmoil with the plane. They survive it, right? And then they get into the emergency vehicle. And it's like after all that surviving from in the air, they managed to make it all the way through just to get into a car accident <laughs> like two and seconds that's later. What you, that's what you call adding insult to injury. Mm-hmm. Literally. Right. Yeah. The odds of that happening are just incredible. Um, Even like the, even the credits at the end looked kind of like a uh, sitcom with those freeze frames. Um, I, I think if I remember correctly, I think it was like Mash that sort of like had that 
as sort of their opening credits. A lot of, a lot of shows did, but yeah, uh, a lot of did, again, yeah. I think, and I haven't seen it for a long time, but I think that is from the original movie as well. Oh yeah, sure, sure, yeah, but but yeah, that's but it was still great. It was still great. Yep. Um, but uh, the long, easily the longest joke in the whole movie, like the the one that takes the longest to, uh, <laughs> it's a slow simmer, right? Because the taxi, uh, there's a taxi that arrives at the airport at the very beginning, and someone hops into it, getting ready for, to go for in for a ride. And every once in a while, the movie kind of checks back in, and and it's like the taxi is still there, and he's still waiting, and it's like, mm-hmm. and I, and I I don't remember how much the fare was racking up, but it showed it at one point. It was a ridiculous number, like. Because it was racking up this whole time. See, and that's why that's why the taxi was still sitting there because the meter was running. Mm-hmm. He'll sit there as long as it takes. Yeah. The meter's running. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And-, <laughs> and it was also 65 cents for a taxi ride, like well, 65 cents like per mile, I assume. Or mm-hmm. yeah, and <laughs> yeah, dude, you can't get prices as low as that anymore. But like, but it's the longest con ever of like it's at the very beginning and then we don't get a resolution until the very end. Although someone had suggested um, one of the things that they could have done maybe is like stretch the credits out to 20 minutes and just have that, (laughs) just have that shot be in there while the credits are rolling. That would have been, that would have been super funny (laughs) because he's like, well, uh, I'm going to give it another 20 minutes and then I'm out. (laughs) It's like, you could have just, you could have put the credits in at that time. I, I will say, uh, for one one of my favorite scenes in that movie is when the lady's getting hysterical mm-hmm. and they and the oh uh, the I, they mm-hmm. the uh stewardess uh flight attendant slaps her mm-hmm. and then the and the doctor says well then I'll take over you know it's starts shaking her and then uh that that was again another thing straight out of the movie zero hour mm-hmm. and then they chose to escalate it by panning the camera over and seeing the whole line of people yeah. that were waiting mm-hmm. to beat up this lady. <laughs> yeah, right. It's like you could you could say that they went Will Smith on her. <laughs> but uh there's also a lot of sexual innuendos in this movie and <laughs> there these were great. Particularly you got the porno magazines in the airport. Um Conveniently, in the whacking material section, <laughs> including, uh, as, as you would expect, right? Yeah, including one publication called Modern Sperm, and I was like, <laughs> like, I mean, here's the thing, though, that's actually not far off because didn't they have porno magazines in the airport back then? Like, I'm almost positive uh, I they did. Doubt it. I and I think that's what made it funny is you wouldn't find that in a normal magazine uh, in the 70s. Uh, pornography had just gotten legalized mm, mm-hmm. and what was not uh you were uh was not uh widely available mm-hmm. so the the fact that they had it at the airport is the joke in itself mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because it would be uh, obscure um yeah and i i'm not very familiar with uh with old pornography magazines, so I don't know if Modern Sperm was an actual parody of an actual magazine. Yeah, I, uh, I don't know either, but uh, <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> also, and that's something I, I do not recommend 
trying to research. Yeah, I was gonna say, or if you do, make sure it's an incognito window with a VPN turned oh, on. Oh, you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna find some terrible stuff. <laughs> yeah, don't do it. No, Just you don't will. Do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Leave it to the professionals like Vile. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but the but that grandma in this in that scene, I love how she's describing how beautiful Elaine is to mm-hmm. Ted. It's like, oh, oh no one, I understand. It's like she's so beautiful and everything, and then she randomly throws in how her supple pouting breasts in there as the list of features. <laughs> and again, I think I think that was also a something straight out of zero hour they just changed Mm -hmm. they added the breasts to kind of emphasize or differentiate uh that was the punchline on Mm -hmm. on that one i mean at a certain point though i kind of just wanted the grandma to go start dating her instead of ted though you know what i mean like (laughs) like the way that she was describing her it's like well well damn like maybe you should go on a date with her you know that was so there was this little girl and little boy uh talking and it and it's like you can tell that the boy kind of has a thing for the girl and it's like hey i got you this like uh i i forget what food it was now but it's like hey i got you this food and some uh and this drink right and (laughs) and you think it's going to be this like innocent scene and then uh and then, and then, the, and then at the last moment, the little girl says that she takes her coffee black, just like her men. And and I guarantee you that that little girl had no idea what the meaning of what she just said. Like she was just delivering her line. I can't imagine she knew what that meant. <laughs> but it was great. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, that was a that was a common. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm trying to remember what that was a line from. Um, but that was something that was in the uh, the that that was in the lexicon or the uh, that was popular at that time. Mm-hmm. So I'm pretty sure she understood. But right, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, maybe. But um, <laughs> this was this was a very uh, this was one of those if you blink or if you aren't paying attention for two seconds, you'd miss this one. But uh, uh, Elaine is um, asking Ted at one point casually if they if if he remembers like certain things. And one of the things she mentions was um, if he remembers how she used to sit on his face. And I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. what? <laughs> it was like, wow. OK. <laughs> uh, again, that was probably a uh, that had to have been a um, an airplane added line. That was an original zero hour line had to have been um because of the way it was just randomly spliced in like that yeah so and that's like i said they they'll they'll take the actual lines and then they'll just add tweak one word Mm -hmm. um to to make it completely uh off kilter yeah so i have i have a question for you because uh so Elaine casually is asking the passengers, oh, by the way, does anyone know how to fly an aircraft? Which is, you know, standard procedure if you're in a worst case scenario like they were, right? Where the where Mm -hmm. all the pilots are gone, right? But here's here's what I'm wondering. Does Microsoft Flight Simulator count as flying experience? Um, technically, uh, yeah, a worst case scenario, uh, absolute. I mean, it can be there have they uh, there have been times where civilians with no flight capable, no flight experience whatsoever have been guided 
in. Uh, nowadays, that's not as big of a deal because uh, they can remote land planes. Oh, okay. you you need you need someone to maintain uh, the heading and and uh, at least get it to within a specific range mm-hmm. where uh, where the where the tower uh, tower or whoever can take over. But yeah, so it, so it's a lot more automated than it used to be. Like it, oh, like no, ac- like actual autopilot, not the not the blow up doll. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so Elaine casually is asking the passengers, does anyone know how to fly an aircraft? To which, at that point, all the passengers freak the fuck out, including oh, yeah. this including this random naked woman on board. It's like part of the Mile High Club, I guess. I mean, I'd like to think that's what was going on. <laughs> I, 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 I never complain when there's a random naked woman on any of my flights. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. And, uh, and also nipple count. Uh, <laughs> which is definitely something we stole from Movie Party. Whenever there, okay. whenever there's nipple count, we always <laughs> we always do that. Still, uh, but um, but there's uh but there's definitely a shot of the plane like uh, going berserk at one point, like it's losing control, and it just shows someone's uh someone's tits just juggling around while that's happening. Like it, it like the camera is yep. full on like focusing on on her breasts, <laughs> like. Mm-hmm. That's how you get a sense of just how violent the mm-hmm. the shaking of the plane is. Mm-hmm. And even Otto and Elaine like get very physical at multiple moments throughout that where you're like she has to blow him back up. And like and of course, the way you blow him up is, you yeah. know, uh, through the, the valve. <laughs> yeah. Stem. Yeah. Where. Yeah. And of course, the valve is located at. Well, yeah, you know, that's, that's <laughs> anatomically correct. And also, uh, and also, this was one I, I didn't even notice this the first time I was watching this. But at one point, um, Otto is just casually grabbing her boobs, Elaine's boobs. At one point, <laughs> and she has to like oh, yeah. sort of like brush them away. Otto's got some slick moves. <laughs> yeah, Otto's Otto's fresh, mm-hmm. but you got to remember he he's doesn't get to come out and play very often, so he's got to get yeah. get what he can. Yeah, he's got to get his action in. That yeah. Well, and also, well, but also, he has like a girlfriend or something because at the very end, there's a, a second blow up doll that's that's his lady friend there. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess, yeah, but still, yeah, you you got to get your action in while you can. Um, but uh, is there anything that I uh, didn't cover that you uh, that you wanted to mention? Like, was what was your favorite joke? Uh, I mean. I don't know if I have a specifically a favorite joke. I love the scene where uh, this, uh, I think it was the stewardess was playing the guitar and oh, she keeps yeah. knocking the IV out of that poor mm-hmm, girl's mm-hmm. arm. Yeah. <laughs> um, also um, the fact, the fact that this movie is like, um, like you've got the movie, like, like has been like digitally like remastered and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, um, that I noticed while listening to it um that I think is just a result of the good quality that we have today is that it jumps from, you can tell that it jumps from the, uh, from the boom mic on in the, like when they're actually recording the movie to mm-hmm. a, uh, to a song that they're lip syncing. Cause they definitely recorded that song in a booth somewhere. <laughs> and it's like the, you could tell when the audio difference happens. Yeah. Whereas ADR, most likely. Yeah. Whereas, yeah. It, when you, when you watch 
um, probably when it came out originally, you probably wouldn't have noticed it because it all sounded the same. Um, a star. I found out that Star Wars Episode Four had has the same problem where you can tell where the um, the lines that they had to dub later. Um, later in um in the recording. Yeah, booth. a lot of a lot of movie and TV has bad ADR. Um, mm-hmm. it's just a matter of how close are you paying attention. Yeah. Well, and um, I don't even think that was an instance of ADR at that point. I think it was literally they just decided to record that song. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Uh, by ADR, I just mean voiceover in general. Oh, I see. Yeah, um, got it. Just audio dubbing. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, man, I this movie was so much fun. And uh, now that we've covered all of the uh, all the various aspects, aspects of this movie, it's time to give our ratings for this movie. Clyde, I could, I could, I think I can guess what your rating's going to be for this movie. I like this movie, but I don't hold it in as high as esteem as other people. There are people that are fanatical about this movie. Mm. I, I will list it as uh, it's something that most people should probably watch at some point. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't think it's one of the greatest movies of all time. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. fair, but 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 would you give it a thumbs up? Oh, absolutely. Yep, thumbs up from you. All right. <clears throat> yeah, I would I would give this a massive thumbs up. Like this was such a hilarious movie. It was a it was a much needed comedic relief movie. I think for uh, for this show, and yeah, it, it's nice to do these like you know comedy movies every once in a while. I yeah, I really enjoyed it, and <clears throat> yeah, I mean it wasn't it wasn't nearly as it wasn't the best movie, but but I still enjoyed it. It was a great movie. So I, I will say this movie, though, created a genre. Uh, there was an entire genre of parody movies that followed trying to catch, uh, trying to recreate the magic of this movie, mm-hmm. including Airplane 2, which I don't really recommend. Oh, uh, interesting. They, they, they tried, but it, you know, it. So- it yeah, is is it supposed to be like I assume it's supposed to be kind of like a sequel, but also how yeah. would you make that into a sequel? Um well, it's I if I remember right, uh I haven't seen Airplane 2 in probably like 30 years. I watched it once. I believe they went into space, but uh oh. I don't know. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, um, it I mean, was, yeah, it would have to be like a just, just every like all the shenanigans, but on a new flight. And it right? was a seriously, how are we in this situation again? Kind of situation, mm, um, mm-hmm. which on in itself is funny, but um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, it just they like I said, they, this this movie was groundbreaking. It was pioneering, mm-hmm. um, but it's. Not for everybody, because I I know a lot of people that just would get it, mm. or people that just don't appreciate humor. Yeah, you're, um, you're talking. This so. is for airplane too. Yeah, for or for either. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, I had so much fun uh, watching this movie, and I had so much fun talking about this movie with you, Clyde. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> tell the good folks where they can find your work hey uh yeah the vod squad uh we are no longer doing weekly live streams we have uh pivoted to uh strictly short form youtube content uh mm-hmm. you can find you can find us at the vod squad on youtube mm-hmm. uh 
and you can reach me if you want at uh, Poodle Puncher on Twitter. Yeah, uh, I've been uh, I've been enjoying those. Uh, I've been enjoying those new that new style you've been doing for the VOD squad. Okay. I've been enjoying those cool. videos, and um, and yeah, and it's nice to know that you finally, thanks to the YouTube handle system, you now finally have a custom URL. Now. Well, it, it's <laughs> funny because we needed a hundred subs. And, and you were so close, by the way. Too. And when we hit ninety seven, they said, "Eh, just we'll, we'll just give you a handle." <laughs> like, like I, well, we're finally here. We just need three more. Oh but, yeah. man! So, uh, <laughs> if there, we need three more. So, if you're watching this and you are not currently subscribed to the VOD Squad, um, may try to be that magic number yeah. hundred because yeah. That, what happens when key. you become the one hundred subscriber? We get a we get to choose a custom URL, and well, see that's the get, thing. I don't even think they're doing that anymore. I think people well, are saying no, that, no. You you can you can. Um, oh, okay, it, it's just. Uh, but I was saying for the user, we have no way of knowing who was the hundredth. Mm-hmm. But you will get that warm fuzzy feeling of superiority, knowing mm-hmm. I was number one hundred. Yeah, I was. I here. was the person that made it happen. Yeah, yeah, I was here. I made it happen. Yeah, absolutely, man. But, but yeah, thanks again. And this was such a fun conversation. I enjoyed sure. it so much. Uh, of course, I do a watch party for each of the movies that we review on this show. If you want to watch the movie with fellow listeners of this podcast. You can do so by joining the conversation in our Discord. You can also submit feedback there as well. Discord.cinemavention.com is the link to go to. We've got lots of people chatting about all the movies we cover in there right now. Lots of fun. But if you can't make it to the watch party, don't worry. We have made it available afterwards on demand to everyone who supports the show over at patreon.com slash is one Thank you, everybody who has supported the show. It really helps out a ton. Uh, don't forget that I am live twice a week over at twitch.tv slash is one playing games with the community. If you want to send in your thoughts about this movie, uh, Discord, like I mentioned, but you can also send an email as well. Email at cinemavention.com is the email address. And visit the website to see all the previous movies we've covered on this show over at cinemavention.com. There's even a link to subscribe and pick your favorite podcatcher and subscribe. And and if your podcatcher allows ratings and if you really like the show, please give it a five star review. I would really appreciate it. Thank you to Kevin McLeod for the music for this show. You can find his work at incompetech.com. And we'll be back next week to discuss the movie Purple Rain with Jamie Lewis, a.k.a. Big Voice J. I this is so much fun. We get uh, we get the we get the intro uh, voice in for the entire show this episode. So this will be a fun movie uh, to discuss with Jay. I can't wait to talk about this movie. And I hope you will be there for that episode. Until then, we'll see you next time. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)